G'day punters, welcome to the preview show for Caulfield and we'll touch on Eagle Farm, but Jack Dickens, the big races are back, so I can't wait to get into the big one, which is the Group 2 PB Lawrence Stakes. Wait for age, some, I wouldn't say good horses, but some decent horses are back, which is outstanding. We'll go through your staking plan, as per last week, we'll give a running total across this spring, which should be very exciting, I'm sure you're looking forward to that, and uh, then we'll get stuck into some Q&A at the end, but Dickens... Going all right. Yeah, no, nah, good start to um, giving out a $100 race staking plan last week. We also backed Zesty Bell, who didn't run. So, um, But, yeah, giving a bit more of an insight into how we might handle the race from a betting point of view, which, you know, you might hear some narrative out there that it's not that important, staking. And uh, as far as education and punning goes, I'd argue it's the most important aspect to, to gambling and to winning at it is understanding and, and getting better and always improving on your staking. So um, yeah, something we're going to keep doing now from now on. And Peter. Recap from last and week. Probably, and probably the most exciting races this week, we're not going to touch on them yet because they're, they're deep. Yeah. But the, the two-year-olds returning, it's it's a exciting card, big yeah. time of year. In good old-fashioned the sun's uh, out. Good old-fashioned mounting yard race, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, we won't be pretending yeah. <laughs> doing enough TV, but uh, yeah. not that desperate for your cash. But um, we will be um, doing our best to find you a winner or two. Okay, running total last week, you had 50 on Miss Albania at $8.50 on Calcani Royale at seven fifty. Miss Albania one plus 300 good start to the kitty. Curls, uh, we'll run through Eagle Farm, a bit of an overview later on, but uh, it doesn't look like a great card to bet into early, does it? No, it doesn't. Um, no, it doesn't. Uh, markets found the ones that are obvious, which was similar to what it's been the last couple of weeks, but the obvious ones haven't quite been good enough. So, um, uh, And the Eagle Farm track sort of played fair last time we were here on a Saturday, which congratulations, everyone. That's the first time you've heard me say that. Everyone gives um, a pat on the back. So, yeah, so it's, um, you know, well-found horses uh, by the early prices and, yeah, no real need to do anything too early and we'll just wait to see a pattern emerge, I think, is the best way to approach Saturday. Okay, let's get stuck into the big one. Caulfield Race 8, Group 2, PB Lawrence, over 1,400 metres. The market, best available at Thursday morning. Streets of Avalon, $3.10. Sansom. Five fifty. You've got Superstorm, the West's best horse at six. Best of Days at six fifty. Red Khan Man, the other West's best horse at eight fifty. Everything else is double figures. Jack Dickens, what do you think? Uh, I think Streets of Avalon has some advantage, being not first up versus some of the like the bigger horses that are. Same with Samson. Uh, there's a lot of speed here, so Samson will hold probably the coffin from from one. You'd assume Streets of Avalon will roll across from eight and probably lead. Do you reckon a horse that can go forward sometimes goes back? There is no way to predict where it settles. Uh, Archidemus, Red Can Man from 9 and 10 has some speed, and I think best of days wouldn't be too far off them. You'd think non-conformists will settle back first up a stayer. Um, Sierra Sue was very good. It might have been Mel Dura knocked us off there. Um, it got back there, though, and got home really strongly. That's a horse that, you know, went right, goes really well, um, but it it's hard to catch at the same time. Trainers then, tipping it. <laughs> well, for anyone interested, uh, I'm sure it'll find its way onto social media, but uh, 
Trainer's given uh, most of the apprentices in Victoria a fair whack this morning when he scratched, um, clinched from sale. <laughs> uh, back to the, back to the this race, Peter. Danny O'Brien <laughs> takes over Superstorm for uh, Uncle Bob, and D Oliver sits. Uh, how would you anticipate this horse goes? Is ridden, um, etc. First up here. What, what do you reckon it's aimed at? Uh, I don't know what it's being aimed at, but it's a complete certainty to be sitting last, isn't it? And Caulfield Rail, eight metres, I mean, there would have to be some level of pattern, you would think, based on what we've seen in the last six to 12 months. Yeah, but if you were a, like a, if you, if you're a Superstorm man, a couple of things would cool you off, firstly. The fact that Danny O'Brien, is, his strike rate lasts 52%. His strike rate last 12 months is 14%. His overall career is 15%. So he's currently struggling. Um, he's surely favourite to, to level back out, though, and start to swing up. Uh, but something that might get you warm if you like Superstorm here is that uh, there looks to be genuine tempo. Where, like, jump outs or anything for this horse? I haven't watched him. Superstorm? I, I wouldn't bother, really. Like, it's... If 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 Bob sent it here, it's going good. It's hard to like. It's hard to look through the horses that it's chased and beaten, and then look at it against and not think it's immoral from a non-Victorian punter point of view. Mm. It's a proper horse against some like whackers at Group Three level. Yeah, so my attitude to the trials would be, like, I'll end up watching them by Saturday, but I would more so just be trusting the camp and waiting to see it in the yard. And this is race eight on a nine-race nine race card, so I'd want to have seen them be able to make some ground. Um, I, I reckon it's just like you've said, Curls, it's pretty simple. This horse will either sort of gap them or run a big sort of slashing third versus the day. Jeez, that was good. And I'm not Probably a bit harsh. Thing. Probably a bit harsh me calling some Group 1 winners Group 3, like, plotters, but, you know, I didn't realise Streets of Avalon was a Group 1 winner. Well, <laughs> must have been a real leader bias that day. Sorry. It was. We backed it. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. Um, yeah. Like, I think Superstorm, if they're running on and it's firm... Um, it's it's horse number four, so you know, dot com might give us the the gift <laughs> of letting us letting us see it walk around without a jockey on it and just with a bit of clear screen, which does Settle allow down. you to do some like level of sort of mounting yard analysis. But mounting yard analysis is no good when you can only do half the the field. Um, yeah, like it's got a peak figure over six hundred meters at Caulfield. You know, best of days is a 2,000-metre horse. Angel of Truth, 2,000-metre horse. Nonconformist is probably a 2,000-metre horse. You know, the Streets of Avalon's a track and trip horse. Um, if there was one or two scratchings, which are the speed sort of horses, I think its chances dramatically increase. I think currently with the way the, the map looks and its price, you can sort of look to bet around it. Okay, so no bet. But certainly, of... certainly, not, certainly not suggesting yep. anyone have 100 bucks into this race at this point in time. Okay. So that's, that's the overall message there. That's the Group 2 PB Lawrence. Let's head to race three on the card to go because it's a benchmark 78 over 1,100 metres. Zesty Bell, Ellison Zara, favourite at $5. Just in front of Diamonds in the Sky at 550. Second slip 
for Will Clark and six fifty dirty thoughts seven, and then rolls is nine dollars. Any thoughts here early in race three? Do we know what the vaccinated uh, trader has? He got any word out of the second slip camp because he's normally just de- de- declaring them or, or knowing. Nothing? Not, nothing as of yet. I believe he's just landed in old Blighty and will be at Lord's today. Probably had four vaccinations by now. We've still had none here on your poopy. Um, <laughs> he's not even an English. He's not, he's not even an American or an Australian, and he's had four shots. Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, they scratched second slip a few times, so I'm not sure what to do with it. I assume it goes forward from eight. I think rolls will be there or thereabouts. I reckon Diamond in the sky will lead. If it doesn't, it's Coffin from one. It was good versus the pattern, so it led when uh, Awapuni Princess and TV <laughs> called it. TV saw it coming, and he roared it. Funny how no one's been bagging the great man, isn't it? Must be going all right. Um so it was on pace in a race where the the winner was last in run. So you can give some merit to Diamonds in the sky performance. It looks to get a really nice map here uh, early in the day. So if anything, favouring sort of on pace inside horses. Caulfield, uh, we backed Zesty Bell last week and they scratched. I don't know why. Um, I'll, we'll probably listen to RSN and Gareth and ask him to ask Simon or um, Matthew Ellerton why and, and if they're still happy here. But this horse, which probably gets curly a little bit horned up, is going to carry 52 kilos, but it is going to carry Matty Cartwright. So. Mate, I'm uh, horned up about a horse here in particular, but it's not Zesty Bell. It's number three, high cost. How is it not 3,000 to one? It's an ex-Queenslander. It's an ex-Queenslander having its first run in Victoria. Off a nice fourth of six at Blackall. Which is a non-tab venue. Before that, ran seventh of ten at Tambo. Where's that? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but did win at Charleville. Yeah, um, it's got A. Kelly on. So you and so Scurry will probably have something small in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just for your mental I'm, health. I'm just saying that there's not enough zeros on the exchange to <laughs> price this correctly. <laughs> I'm fascinated by this horse being there. Currently best Is available. The <laughs> Three hundred to one best available at the moment. If if anyone watches the show, which I'm not sure, <laughs> uh, please put in the comments. Please put in the comments what price you will bet me it runs last. Please. <laughs> you might have no, a could you should have simplified it and just said you know predict its SP. Car. There's not enough. There's only 140 characters and. Twitter. <laughs> well, it might settle more than further further forward than midfield, so you never know. Someone yeah. might see the purple sort of ping the lids and just... Sorry um, to take you focus off the race, but I just saw it in there. I was like, what the... Okay, okay, okay. Let's get back on track here. Um, a couple of horses that... One horse that scares me always... And, and one that I respect. One I respect, Dirty Thoughts. Oh. I just I don't know where it's going to get to from uh, 13. Uh, I, I don't mind D-Moore. He's a thinker. Uh, I know, you know, Dirty Thoughts, you'd write much rather it was written by Jay Carpeet, but I'm happy with D-Moore. Um, and the other horse is Ocular, who's barrier three and got Gladrat Melamon. So... 
like he could do anything from that barrier this horse and I'm scared of it and I'd be very petrified if there's a good amount of money for this thing on race day. Um, but the two I want to back, and we're going to have 25 on this first one, is number eight, Diamonds in the Sky, for reasons I spoke about before. I thought there was a lot of merit to the run uh, first up. I think it'll only improve off that, and it could well be a lot more suited here. Uh, I think it leads or is in the coffin, so we have 25 on at the 550 maybe, Pete. Yep. And then we're going to have $75 on the 13. We're going to follow our money again and again on uh, 13, Zesty Belt from 10. I don't think it's going to get every possible, but I still think it's going to be too good. Um, I would have preferred it at Flemington, but we're getting a fair price to find out. $5 is about, I think, what's fair, and I don't think it gets a lot shorter than that. Um, and we, we did see last time it ran at Caulfield is a very, very big drifter late. So uh, if you are like literally following to the letter what I'm saying, I'd probably half stake now Zesty Bell and, and keep the rest of your stake till, till the death, but definitely have it on. So number eight, Dom's in the sky, and number 13, Zesty Bell. How much on Zesty Bell, sorry? 75 bucks. 75. Okay, wonderful. That's Caulfield Race 3. We'll touch on Caulfield Race 9 as well, which is a listed race for the four-year-olds and up. It just looks like a fascinating race. Yeah, well, the biggest angle here, the most interesting thing here, and Curls, you probably have well, – actually, Pete, you probably have the most idea here, is that number two, the Inferno, is trained by C. Brown, who I think is an ex, or ex-Aussie and then ex-Singapore trainer or Hong Kong trainer or somewhere trainer. Singapore. Singapore, yeah. It's jump outs are good. I have watched these things jump outs. Jump outs are scary. They're, they're pretty good. There's a little bit of money for it straight away when they put prices up, which scares me. Don't know a lot about this guy, which <clears throat> I don't like, you know, and, and the money early, the trial. I reckon the Inferno is going to run a race. This guy looks like to me like he's just getting started again, so big watch what he does. You know, he's booked, booked one of the A-grade riders with D-Lane. Um, I think barrier 10, and it's, this is race 9, so I, I anticipate this thing's midfield or worse. So you can sort of – I'd be making my decision on if I can pan it and bet here with the way the track's raced. I think number seven, La Mexicana from Barra 2 with Pete's girl, Jay Carr, sitting on it will be very, very hard to beat. Full stop. Full stop. Wonderful. Very good, Dickens. Let's head to Queensland for an Eagle Farm overview with Shane Gurliel. Thanks, Peter. Jack. Uh, Eagle Farm Saturday. <laughs> In Queensland. Um, the best place to start when doing the form for Eagle Farm is punningform.com.au and having a look at some track stats. And I'm going to give some of give some of these out today. Uh, so rail position from inside fence to outside fence. Uh, 209 runners have gone up lane one at Eagle Farm uh, compared to around 1,200-odd between uh, in lanes five to seven and uh, twelve hundred odd between lanes eight and eleven. Um, so obviously, traditionally the pattern has been getting away from the inside. The winning strike rate of horses that go up the inside is ten percent. Um, winning strike rate of horses that are seventeen lane seventeen and wider is also ten percent. Where They've had seven winners from 67 horses that have come down lane 17. 
So I, I saw last last time we raced at Eagle Farm, I saw horses going back to the inside and running on where that hasn't always been the case. So um, it, last week really grayed me up at Eagle Farm. Not that I lost because that just grazed me up regardless, but just how the track played and, and being able to bet there to a to a pattern has been successful over the last couple of months, but just last week it seemed to turn completely on its dial. So uh, the lane data on punting form is, um, you know, it's sort of suggesting to me that, you know, maybe it is sort of fairing, you know, evening out a little bit as we was what the eye said as well. So what the eye saw, sorry, and you're sort of looking at the data and you're seeing, oh, okay, well, maybe there is something in that. Maybe it is playing more fair. Maybe the best horses are just using more of the track and getting into clear air and, and winning because, you know, they're the best horses and everyone's getting their chance, as opposed to Doombin, we know, which, you know, more sort of favours sort of on speed close to the rail type runners. So um, so for that reason, I'm just a little bit reluctant to bet early this week. And the horses that I sort of found, the market has found as well. And another thing that I've been finding, I've found a lot, haven't I? Except the fucking winner. The other thing... <laughs> the other thing is I'm still seeing this sort of V-shaped price. You know, we were on Acrobatic yesterday. It took 2.30. Oh, Christ. Is that thing that won? Oh, how, how it fucking won, I don't know. Yeah, fuck, that's scary. Um, so it's sort of like come in throughout the day. It's seven minutes before the jump. It's $1.90, $1.95 on their core ropes. Within the last three minutes, it's SP 2.30. It, on, it was, it was hitting 2.50. And 270, 280 on the fair. So continue to see this sort of V-shaped thing. I'm just not seeing these things go right off and, and starting odds on. Well, I might have marked them odds on. I'm not seeing them start. It's another reason why I don't really want to bet early into the Eagle Farm program. Um, just want to see how the track, you know, how the track plays. It, it, one race in particular that I can quickly touch on uh, is it's a 1,600-metre race. I think it's an open handicap. The first two races got some nice young horses coming through with two or three chances, and they're all three dollars. It's very hard to bet. Race four, so well, I think Profit, you know, best horse gets in with fifty-five kilos with Jay Lloyd. I'm not worried about Jay Lloyd on this type of horse because his last running line pulls widest in the straight, right? Um, should be pretty straightforward. But uh, you've got a horse like Zigaline who's going to lead. Ricky Palmer on probably stays the inside and, you know, gets a, gets away with it nice and steady and nice and steady tempo and will give a kick like it won last time. So normally I would approach this race to say, right, oh, well, Ricky Palmer will lead the fence on Zigalene. She'll follow the fence. That'll be inferior ground. I want to be down the middle. Profits of moral. But just the way that track played last week, I don't know whether it's inferior. The rail comes out a couple more metres, which probably makes it even again because they're still, even though horses were getting back to the inside, they weren't hard fence, but they were blank one. Um, so, you know, maybe that gives Zigalene a chance to to kick and, and stay in it like a, on the part of the track that should be re- relatively even uh, if the track's playing that way. So if we watch the first couple of races and the best horses are on in, are on the inside of the track and not finishing off, well, then we'll just launch profit. It'll be a moral. Yep. And that's how I'll play the day, I think. But... Um, and there's a few examples of those types of races early on. We've got a couple of nice early season three-year-olds that have been, you know, winning metro races that resume. Um, 
you know, in the first couple of races. And so we'll get a. We'll, what I'm saying is we'll get a. We'll get a clear enough picture, I think, earlier in the day because the right, right the, the smaller field, so the right horses will get will get to the right spot in run, and then whether it's sort of the, the results will determine on how I think the track's playing. But yeah, right now it's just a, it's just going to be a case of wait and see. I think. Um, had a bit more warmer weather in Queensland too, and I think we saw a little bit of the impact on that in the Gold Coast last week, where it just on speed. Where when it's a little bit damp and a little bit overcast, and there's a little tiny bit of juice in the track, you don't want to be anywhere near the inside. Yeah. And last week we last week we saw leaders. Conversely, at Toowoomba, we've seen horses, you know, lane five and seven all day. Um, you know, just coming off the fence and getting down the middle. So, um, so the weather has has played a part definitely in, in some of the, I think in some of how these tracks are playing. So it's like I would rather be patient, uh, crouching tiger, hidden dragon type operator this weekend. Good. Good. Uh, that's you all from you. Queensland. That's all you from Queensland. You. Okay. Uh, let's Anastasia, get Anastasia is still the best premier in the country. Uh, Robert Heathcote made the news in Queensland this week. Um, uh, once again, accusing his colleagues of being cheats. And saying that cheating is still rife in Queensland. This is a trainer. But I know you Victorian trainers whinge a lot, sir, whinge a lot down in Victoria. But this is not whinging. This is just saying cheating's rife in Queensland. We need more pre-race testing. Like someone put a muzzle on that bloke. <laughs> like if that was if that was if that was Jack Dickens talking about the wagering landscape in Victoria and accusing people of cheating, you'd have a tap on the shoulder from. I don't even know who runs racing in Victoria. And say, Jack, stop with that narrative. No, even if you bring up an integrity issue, you might like um, 100%. You might lose a like a or be put in a position where you need to be muzzled or, or um Well you can't be saying that. You can't be accusing your fellow trainers of cheating and we need more testing. Like you can't be doing that, surely that's Does he have does he have his own like trainer's hut? Like you know, the the way you see it like in Victoria, you know, a few of the boys sort of share a hut, a few of the boys and yeah, girls. Yeah, you know, like, has he got his own one? Because they'd fucking want to. He, he may be the Wayne Hawks of Queensland. Oh, settle down. Uh, what's. That's no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> anyway, I've got to go, guys. We're at what? Man, I always have a TAB meeting today. If you haven't. <laughs> If you haven't watched any racing at Mount Isaac, tune in to Sky Thoroughbred Central and watch the Mount Isaac today. I've got it set in my alarm. I've, I've got it ready. All right, let's do some Q&A. Uh, this is from Question Mark. Jack has never gone better, ever, and hasn't been on track. Is the yard only a tiny piece, or is he going to stick to what's working? That actually ties in quite well with BJ's question as well. He says, I'd be interested in what proportion of your activity is done betting versus laying. With Dicko in particular from the yard, it would appear easier to identify the horses that just can't win. We'll start with the first part of the question. Is the yard only a tiny piece of the puzzle? Yes, it is. Um, and And you can't. You need you need every piece of the art, or it's no good to you. It's like it's like doing the form on seven or ten horses. You, you have to have the full picture, and um, you, you can't do it off off racing dot com. You can't do it off thoroughbred central. Um, it's it's it, that's my opinion. Um, so I've used COVID as a I've had no choice because I don't. 
because of how frustrating not getting the stuff I wanted was that I've stopped watching it altogether and we put our minds as a group, as a collective to uh, uh, other angles and we've found gold, you know. Um, I think I think the reason we're going good though is not, it's, it's a deeper thing than that. Like we've like personally in the business had, you know, like, like we were robbed as a group me mainly and via that though we've all united like we've all come together more we've like had to we trust each other now everyone in the business um we're like really really close mates and that mateship and help throughout the whole whole process of a week is incredibly helpful so if i'm having a bad run people will get around me if curly or pete is what we're the support and the sharing of ideas, there's six or seven brains trying to improve like one basic method of pricing resources So, and, and unique brains. So it's, it's clearly working, but I still really believe that the yard can be a, a beautiful finish to that and it's just going to be about rating that properly and I don't want to lean on it till I know I can have it uh, Full time, like until poopy pants vaccinates, you know, seventy to eighty percent of this population. I think we're going to be in and out of lockdowns, particularly in Victoria, because Dan loves them. Like he, he just shits the bed, and we're, we're locked down every time there's two cases. So for the time being, we won't rely on the yard. But the biggest, probably factor for sure, or one of the biggest, is Jackson. He he is fucking brilliant hard-working, humble, you know, we, we've given, I've given opportunity to like other younger people who have just tried to, to you know, run with it, you know. He, he just wants to be part of our team, is part of our team and the assistance he gives me is fucking enormous and was working in like a small team within the team, it's just all about a team. What do you guys think? Okay. You're part of it? I was going to say to, to answer the question, uh, I think the yard is still very important, but it takes a bit of time to get some level of consistency. So just coming back to Perth, say five weeks ago, it's taken me about three to four weeks to actually start to get a baseline of what Perth horses look like again. Not to say yes. they're bad, but they look very different to the horses that you get coming through spring in Victoria, where you see a noticeable change between, say, two runs. It's far more subtle in WA, and you have to really be you know, get get that calibration going again. So I think you need that sort of back end. You need that database. You need that profile on every horse and then you can adjust and then the yard becomes absolutely crucial. So I feel like I've got the eye in just over the last probably week and a half or so. Um, in terms of proportion of activity done betting versus laying, uh, I certainly lay horses that I feel the market hasn't identified. But quite often you find those poor paraders, the market has already factored it in. They already know to a certain extent. I don't know if you guys find the same, but that's certainly what I've, I noticed. But on the occasion where it doesn't feel like the market's noticed it, then yeah, certainly laying is a far more enjoyable proposition for me as a punter. Oh, I'm not laying nearly as much as I was at the moment, but I anticipate that will change once we get back on course and it's even also in run. You know, like a lot of laying, I think, can be done off, off maps. So that's a fact of it. Like what to what you said, just like I couldn't agree more. I should have said that. So you're building profiles on horses. Like Zesty Bell missed a run last week, so I'd just love to see it parade, and I would have seen it parade 
the previous time at Caulfield, and you can see if it's tightened up and its coat's improved and it's still walking as it walked last start. The, building the profile on the on all runners, but especially the key runners that you're interested in backing or laying, or the horses at the point end of markets, is a big thing, and that takes that probably takes what like a month at least, Pete. Yeah, yeah, I'd say at least a month. I, I think um, so. For me, someone who sits at home more often than goes to the track, um, uh, it's a, like it's definitely a factor because you will see when the mounting yard people when people were allowed to be free citizens and go to the track. You will see you will see Betfair fluctuations when the horses are in the yard. Yeah. Like you will see horses get gapped and then you will see horses like tumbling mm. um, in that yard. That's before truth time, you know, before the the big dogs get hold of um yeah, know, but get the hold bit, of the SP the... in the last ninety seconds. But you do see fluctuations when the horses are in the yard. I don't I like listen. I have um, I use, listen watch Thoroughbred Central, so the horses parade. But like I listen to, I'll listen to a judge if I respect them. Not many, if any. Um, on just opinions on certain horses, right? So I like this horse. I saw a trial. I liked its trial. Blah blah blah. Like, is it ready? I know this horse, it gets hot in the yard, blah, 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 what's it doing today? They're factors. Even if I'm not in the yard, it's still a factor. It's still, yeah, I've well, done all the pricing, I've done the math, I've done everything. It's still, biggest, the, it's still a piece of the puzzle. The biggest joint in the world has what, yard people everywhere in Australia, probably everywhere else. Yeah. Yes. See you, man. So there's the answer. So what do we think at the moment when they're not allowed on course? I mean, they're probably just removing that one factor out of their pricing and out of their algorithms, I would imagine. Or there'll be in some Queensland, stable, stable hands getting double time. Maybe. In yeah. Queensland. In Queensland, they're not. Yeah. In Queensland, they're still there. Even when we had restrictions, they're still there. Yeah. Peeking through the uh, the gaps in the fence. I don't know. Maybe, but, maybe a little um, bit more more present than, than even that. So, yeah. Certainly, I, that I would, think... Yeah. Just to, to the question, like, like the reason we've moved off it is because you can't control it. And then when you can't control it, it can... Like, this game's... Like all in your head, isn't it? So, yeah. if you're getting the shits with something you can't influence, then get rid of it. That's yep. what that's what we've sort of done for now. Yep, that's a good point. You can't rely on it, and certainly you don't want to try and compete with it if it's an unlevel playing field. You know, right. if there's people allowed on course, obviously that creates a, a huge difference of opinion when you're trying to rely on a certain factor. So, I think overall that's a it's a deep question, but that's a really really good one. All right, guys, thanks very much for your participation today on the preview show. I will enjoy your company on the deep dive on Monday. Thank you, Peter.